Check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Presented by Pro Taper. Athena Maxis FMF Vision is uh, coming at you. It's live. It's 11 a.m. March 18th. Dallas 1 and 2 are done. Dallas 3 coming up this weekend. And let's talk about that, shall we? We got Jason Wygant on. We're going to have Daniel Blair on. So some uh, some heavy hitters today to talk about Dallas Supercross and all that's going on in the series, including that wild and wacky 250 Supercross uh, West series. 702-586-PULP. Please give us a call. 702-586-7857. We're taking your calls. I want to thank the folks at Fly Racing. Their 2021 line is deeper than ever before. Uh, Their all-new light pant uh, has been done up. They got rid of the zippers. They just have a boa on the front. They have the Formula helmet with Rion technology. The Formula CC helmet has all the great uh, safety features of the Formula, but a little bit different shell. So a little bit different price on that one. So thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. Uh, Zone Pro Goggle, of course, is a big push for those guys for 2021 because they got the muck-off Honda team running Zone Pro Goggles, Brayton, Oldenburg, and Mitchell Harrison, who led laps at Dallas, too. Good job for Mitch Harrison. He rode really well. So uh, please check those guys out if you can. We'd appreciate it. Pro Taper as well, whether it's Star Racing, Yamaha, Chaparral, Honda, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, uh, riders of all levels, grassroots, local amateurs to world champions, use Pro Taper. Check out the complete product offering at local Tucker Power Sports dealer or your favorite online retailer or... ProTaper.com. Uh, they've got, of course, the uh, bar without a crossbar. They've got the self-engaged launch assist system. They've got the micro bar as well. So a lot of things going on with uh, ProTaper folks. FMF Vision, Osborne running it, Savachi, Bogle, Peters. Peters just made the podium with FMF Vision goggles. So uh, the power is in the details. Power is committing to all the small things which lead to the innovation. Power is to see what others cannot. FMF goggles, the choice of 2020 450 motocross champion, Zacco. FMFRacing.com to experience the Power Bomb and Power Core goggles now. I want to thank the folks at Max's Tires. A-Ray, using Max's Tires out there, not getting into the main event this past weekend, making me very angry, but he, he rode hard. Uh, Max's Tires, mountain bike tires, the Max the uh, Minion line of mountain bike tires are fantastic. Uh, please check those out. Uh, light truck tires, UTV tires, and of course, Jeremy McGrath's inspired, developed, are indeed the MXSTs. From Maxis and uh, Jeremy Smith and Rod Bell and A-Ray and those guys are running that tire. So uh, thanks to Maxis.com for coming on board. And, of course, Get and Athena. Uh, lots of things from Get coming out and Athena, whether it's gasket kits, clutch kits from Athena, whether it's the RPM dashboard from the folks at Get, whether it's t- two-stroke or four-stroke ECUs. Get, get. Uh, send us an email on pulpamex.com contact form. 
if you want a deal on anything from the folks at Get. We'll make it happen. So thank you to those guys. Thank you to people calling already. we got some calls on hold. 702-586-7857. Taking your phone calls over there. Coming right back in after last night's Pulp Mech show. And uh, he's just a just a little gopher. Just a dedicated gopher working in the mines. Tits Legendary. What's up, Tits? Man, I was tired last night, and I'm even more tired now. You kept okay. me up late. All right, Marks. I got it. <laughs> got it. I'm glad to be here, Steve. Thanks for thanks for coming by. Yes, you're welcome. That's two two for two for you, so it's big. Not only that, I fixed your bike one-day turnaround. You did. Don't forget a, about that. That was a really good turnaround yes, on the, yes, the next-day service. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't a big deal. It job. was a very easy thing, right, yes, but, and I'm really good, but, so you know, both <laughs> those together. I should probably get one of those pullers for that crank, the amount of times that the crank... The amount of times you have that, to that replace skid plates, off. yes. Right, yeah. right. Yep. Uh, so thanks for uh, thanks for coming in, Tits. Uh, Jason Wygant, let's get him on. Daniel Blair coming in as well. Let's go right to the phone calls. First up for the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show, it's Anthony. What's up, Anthony? How are you? Hey, doing great, man. I uh, appreciate you guys taking my call. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, I was, you know, trying to think of ways, you know, to, to get your opinion on how to get more money into the sport and was thinking along the lines of like F1, how they have the constructors championship. Yeah. And was thinking, you know, if, if like Dunlop or one of the other Supercross sponsors was able to um, get a name on a manufacturer's championship. Do you think that that would allow, allow 450 teams to maybe put more effort into getting more factory-supported riders out there? Um, yeah, but you know the 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 dollars are all they're marketing dollars, right, from the OEMs. So they're they're developed with marketing, so motorcycle sales and that kind of stuff. So with the salaries of the big guys going up and up. Like, it's harder to get – like, you're thinking about supporting more guys. You want three guys or four guys on a team, right? Like it used to be. I was thinking, like, like more, it would maybe open up the door for more satellite teams, like more Bullfrog Hondas, more right. you know, things like that, where they would maybe, instead of having all of these small guys, like Chiz, for instance, doing his own thing, like maybe getting a factory-supported another two or three guys to try and get more bikes of, yeah. of those brands out there. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good idea for sure. Uh, it's it blows my mind. Like you look at the Austrians, right? You look at KTM. They got Gas Gas now. They got Husqvarna. They got KTM. They're they're, they're you know they're helping out the Rocky Mountain team with factory stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and it's not that hard to if you have the money and you have a decent program, you could go to KTM and be like, hey, I want a factory bike. They'll sell it to you or or sell you yeah. pretty close to it. The, the Kawasaki though. Like what's Cowie doing for any? Like they don't even help Bowers now, right? So they got Tomac, they got Adam Cincirillo, and that's it. They're, now there's a ton of Cowies out there because they pay contingency, but as far as supporting a race team, they just don't seem to want to do it, right? Yamaha doesn't even yeah. have one now; it's a star team, um, and Yamaha is not really helping anybody else out uh, in the 450 Y. So it really boils down to these OEMs and how much they want to help out. But when you look at the 22 man main event. Um, Anthony, you see the 22 man event, like there's, everyone's on a team kind of, right? So if you're an OEM, you're like, Hey man, we, we need a guy in the main event. There's only 22 guys. They're all spoken for with support for the most part, you know? So that's a great, that's a great point. So, well, I appreciate it, man. Have a great show. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Uh, from racer X online. He is, uh, the voice of, uh, American motocross as well. He's my boss at racer X online. It's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, and uh, now, once again, the voice of American Flat Track. We just did our first television show this morning. I'm oh, wrapping that up. Nice. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Rocket is back? Uh, so Ricky Rackman is uh, like the live hype man at the races, but as it turned out at round two, 
Kristen Beat, our pit reporter, lost her voice. So Ricky Rackman had to jump in, grab the TV mic, and do the podiums. Nice. How did he do? Did he was he good at it? Uh, actually, was to yeah. be honest. I yeah. mean, I I think some of us grew up at Ricky Rackman, not on yeah. the motorcycles, no headbangers ball back in right. the day on MTV, right? Uh, but he, he's, uh, I think it's his second or third year being one of the live guys. So he knows what he, he knows how to ask. Right. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He's yeah. pretty good. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, listen, uh, a lot of talk about Rutledge Wood on the show last night. And I know you didn't listen a little bit, but David, I tuned in at the second half and I thought, okay, I got that. But apparently the second, the first half has really told the story. Darn it. I need to go back. What's your take on Rutledge and what he's doing and what's, what, what the goal is. I mean, DV wasn't having it. But I think DV was more yeah. upset that Rutledge was insulting some of the fans that were insulting him on social media. So he got a little wow. sideways, oh. I think. Yeah, because I made a comment to Rutledge like, man, you took some heat from the fans, you know, which he was on my social when I said he was coming on. But then he was hitting these guys back like he was uh, he was replying oh. to them. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I, and so he made a little joke about some of the fans being, you know, non-accepting or something. And, and DV just that was it. The Frenchman went off. Um but Rutledge does seem like a good guy, and he's trying, and it's different. And you're a TV guy, so where, where do you stand on that? I think the concept itself is great. I don't know if it ever actually comes to fruition. Like, I absolutely understand what they're trying to do. They are hoping, and this does happen, like, the audience for anything is not the exact same people every time. There's always a few randos. There's always this audience you're trying to pick up. And I understand their concept of Rutledge is very good getting these human interest stories, these very broad picture, like, hey, that's interesting. Hey, I didn't know that. I mean, that really is his specialty. And I, I know that's what they were trying to go for. Now, everyone's going to argue over if they accomplished that. Like, did the stories that he picked, were they good? Were the pieces themselves good? But at the concept, I cannot argue with it um, at all. You know, that's what they're trying to do. So did it work? I don't know. Opinions are all over the map. Right. Uh, on that one. But I can tell you, they are, of course, going to skew the wrong way for our audience, right? Because they're like, tell me something I don't know, Yeah, people. Right. Um, I do wonder this. I do wonder this. Uh, Rutledge is a car guy, a gearhead. He's been around racing his whole life. I do wonder this. If they had said, do a thing on, I, I think the idea is go away from hardcore racing technical stuff because that would be boring. But I, always, I do wonder if he had a piece and he's like, here's a fork, and they slide this thing up one millimeter, and you would be shocked to know the riders can actually feel that and what a difference it makes. I don't know if that would really bore people or turn anyone off. I think that would apply, apply to both the hardcore fans and the new ones. Um, yep. But I think they usually try to do human stuff, not mechanical stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree, right? It's, it's, I'm not, yeah. as I've said on the show, like, I, I'm not really totally on board with it, but I get it. I understand it. It doesn't, my opinion isn't right. It's just my opinion. I understand and see the other side. You know, it's not a yeah, crazy and the concept. One thing that, the one thing is it doesn't take a lot away. I mean, he does do some pieces. He did some pieces during the races. So maybe you could argue, hey, that. 40 seconds where he's on camera, I could have been watching them go over jumps or something. But to me, it's like they're doing it a lot of it between races. Like when the racing is going on, they're still just showing you the racing. Like it doesn't remove so much from the show. Uh, that's the part I think that surprised me how angry people get. I'm like, dude, it's just an addition. It's an addition to what they already also have, which is the thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? Yep, no, for yeah. sure. We have uh, Alex wants to talk about it. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show. You want to talk about Rutledge last night? Yeah, so trying to get uh, DV's point across a little bit of what he was trying to say. Like, we're paying for this package of Peacock, right? 
We don't. We're the core. We know what the flagger does. We know how his importance. We don't want to know where he, how he got that job, and how he came in. What we want to see the 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 rider stuff. Super Web crashing the whoops in practice. We want to know: Did he make any adjustments? Was that human error? Did he? Did they make any adjustments to the bike so that doesn't happen anymore? We want to see every pass, every battle, the same way like someone on NHL buys a package on DirecTV, get every shot, every fight, you know, every hit, you know. We don't – they're not looking to see – they don't have a baseball guy going in there looking to see how the guy that rings the buzzer when they score, how he got that job and how important his job is to hit the sirens. What do you what do you, you say know, to that? We don't, we don't, Weege, what do you say to that? You know, that brings up a really difficult issue. Right, because I forget. Some people are looking at this saying, I pay for this package. But the network is saying, Yeah, but this is also on NBCSN. It's not just the people that pay for the package. So that's a real conundrum there. Right. I hadn't even thought of it that way, that some people are like, I pay to get what I want. That's why I spend five dollars a month, but these are also on T V without the Peacock package. Yeah. And I will say this, I think we forget these things. Actually, for sure, if you watch a baseball game, they have tons of things like that. Here's how the old scoreboard works at Fenway Park. It's actually this guy that climbs a ladder. I feel like they do do those things, but I think it goes in one ear and out the other, and we forget they actually do yeah. do that in other sports. Yep. Uh, no, hey, yeah. listen, Alex, it's a good point. Yeah. It's not a bad point. I, I, I'm like Weege. I didn't really think about that, where you're paying for this package, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I just thought, I'm like, oh, it's on TV. They're not taking anything away. Uh, once you pay, yeah, you're yeah. going to be a lot more critical, for yeah, sure. Sure. Thanks for the call, so, man. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. No, not a bad yep. point. Um, yeah. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Uh, Daniel Blair coming up here next. Uh, Jason Wygant right now on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Uh, Dallas 3, um, we talked on our review show after Dallas 1 uh, that Dallas 2 was going to be huge, right? We, this is huge. And uh, I, hate to, yeah, I, hate, I hate to be the, the typical sports guy here, but is Dallas 3 a must-win for Kenny? Is Dallas 3 now huge-er? <laughs> you know? Dude, this is going to be even worse. I, I don't know. Is it a, it's a, maybe it's a must-win, but is it a can-win? I mean, here's the problem. I, I don't see any indication that it's going to happen. Now, obviously, he can just get a whole shot and a bunch of other stuff could happen, yep. and he can win it that way. But I think this is why we said that that Dallas 2 is going to be so pivotal. Like, the complexion of how good is Kenny right now has changed completely yeah. based I, on that race. Like, I mean, he look, he was with them and he, he, couldn't get them. he was one second behind Cooper Webb off the start. You know what I mean? It was right there. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, and, and that's why we said it would be pivotal. Right. Yeah, and it was. So, I hate to be that sports radio guy. I hate to be a mental mumbo jumbo that everybody wants to focus on. But Steve, you were in the press conference uh, after the race too, right? You were there. Yep. I, that did not seem like the same Ken Roxon from the beginning of the season. Even the way he spoke, I felt. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. He was more like, "Hey, man, we're trying." We're trying. We're we'll keep, yeah. keep going, you know. And you're like, you're not really, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more like, well, all I can do is try, and maybe it'll work out. Like it didn't really seem like there was any like right uh, positivity that it would work out. And I hate to dig too much into that stuff. Yeah, I hate doing that, but it it seemed too obvious to me to completely ignore um, the yep. fact that he already was like, I don't really have an answer. I'm just gonna. Keep showing up at the races, and who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky. <laughs> kind of. That was kind of that way, right? Like, maybe yeah. maybe it'll work out. Um, 
Man, I would have yeah. loved to seen Kenny get the start and Coop be third and see what would have happened then, you know. True. Uh, but yep. uh, but it is what it is, and um, Coop put more points on him, and, and I'm with you. Like DV was saying last night, you know, anything can happen. It's racing, and I know that. I know that, but it is hard sure. to see how this momentum is going to swing the other way right now, you know. So uh, Webb hit his face yep. pretty good, hit his head pretty good, hit his face into the whoop and came back and was – Almost the fastest guy in the next session, you know. So uh, he's yeah. on the roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, like historically, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's very strange. Ken has just historically always been so much better in the first half of season than the second, and not just with the illness injuries after the 2017 right. arm problem, but yep. just in general. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't add any additional, you know, confidence of right. oh he'll turn this thing around because unfortunately we have seen it happen before. I don't know what it is. It's a psycho, it's like physiological, like his, the way his body type is, or something. I don't know. Yep. But look, here's the other problem. You got to figure Webb knows all this too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Webb's yeah. coming on as a closer, right? Yeah, he, he knows it. I mean, if if you and I and all these fans were able to watch Kenny and be like, "Huh, he doesn't seem quite the same," you know, Webb's seeing it too. Yep. No, it's uh, it's funny how it goes, man. Um, it just, and you know, he looks Kenny looks so good. For so many weeks, uh, but right now, uh, Webb's incredible. Webb's great. Yep. Uh, Andrew's on too. Yep. He wants to talk about RC. Andrew, what's up? You got a question about Ricky Carmichael? Yeah. Well, I feel like I kind of have an unfair criticism of his announcing, and I'm not sure if it's unfair or not. And what it is is, I feel like he gives very generic answers. Like Lee Diffie's like, "Hey, Ricky, what's going on here?" And it's all about he's getting in his flow and he's hitting his marks and. And I'm not sure if it's it's just something that Ricky alluded to on uh, Wednesday. He was like, you know, sometimes he has hard things, hard time explaining things to the listeners. And then on top of that, I don't know if he's getting uh, clues from NBC saying like, hey, you know, you're going too long or don't get too much into that. Because, like, I would love to hear, like, instead of just hitting his marks, like, what what is he doing different to hit his marks? Am I thinking too much into this? Or is no, it just, no, you're just not. Just as simple as. He's, he's gotten better, in my opinion. But, yeah, he's, you know, when Jeremy McGrath was on the Race Day Live, and I just thought he knocked it out of the park. And I would like to see Ricky offer more criticism, more opinions, uh, because he's, you know, He's won everything. So and, and there's nobody could come back at him and be like, you don't know what you're talking about, Ricky. Nobody could do that. Literally nobody. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to see that. But, man, we've had him on the Pulp Show. I've talked to him in private. Weed, you've certainly talked to him way more than I have. He's just not willing to go there. And if you had told me – I'll, I'll throw this to you, Weege. If you told me, Weege, in 2005 that Carmichael's going to be in the booth – one day, and he's going to be a little shy to offer an opinion. I'd be like, no way, no chance. Not the not the 2005 Ricky Carmichael, who was you know uh, vindictive uh, on the track. Uh, he was uh, he took the slightest little thing as as the biggest uh, uh, slight to him. Um, all that kind of stuff that fueled him in his racing. And so we just bizarre. Yeah, that is a really good point, and I think we've now really seen. Um, how much of that, which we thought was, well, this is really Ricky's true personality because this is what we've known his whole life. How much of that was, no, that's the racing Ricky Carmichael that's using these things to get himself angry. And if he would do it racing, I guess he's a lot more happy-go-lucky than that. Okay, but I'm going to take this back. I, I think part of the problem these guys get is people ask for more, and then we immediately say criticism and opinion. I know that's difficult to do, and a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. That's fine. 
That's fine. It doesn't have to be criticism. But I would like, and this isn't just him, this is anyone that I've worked with, anybody. I would always like more, just do this. Can you identify, like, yeah, the way McAdoo went in that corner, if you see the way he positions his foot to be able to get to the break, and that allows him to do X, Y, Z. Like, these dudes, there's a million riding schools and riding coaches out there, right? So I know that there are humans out there that can see things that riders do. And you can even say what they do that's good. It doesn't have to be an opinion. It doesn't have to be critical. I want more of that because apparently there's how many riding coaches are there? 1.5 million yeah. teams? Yep. So people are able to watch riders do things and pick up the things they do and talk about it. It doesn't have to be a criticism. It doesn't even have to be an opinion. I'll, I'll just settle for that. Yeah, good point. No, you're right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking like I want to see Ricky's opinions on like a, a, a an aggressive pass by Anderson, you know, that kind of stuff that I don't necessarily yeah. get. But but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Just tell me yeah. – don't don't talk about finding your flow and confidence. Tell me yeah. tell me what line that guy's taking. Tell me where his foot position is, all that stuff you just mentioned. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear stuff like, hey, what you don't realize is that ten feet between the corner and the whoop, it's actually all about clutch control. That's the main thing right there. They're using that clutch to get and I don't know if that's true, yeah. but I want to you hear just, yeah. that. Right, right. Yeah. So give me that. If it's like, believe it or not, what's most important in the whoops is your position on the peg. It's not actually your arms or it's not actually the bike. Or it is the bike. Give me those things, and I know people know this. I know people know this. I know Ricky probably knows it. Yep. So um, somebody say it. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a good day. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. We're giving away a Fly Racing loading ramp, right, uh, Tits? That is correct. Do you think Weege has one, or what do you think Weege uses to load I his bikes? I do. Uh, oh. I do. Oh, I say I love it. has a two-by-four I was going to go two-by-four, yeah, two yes. Two-by-four <laughs> or something. Okay. This- I do also have a two-by-four, yes. There's no way you paid for that fly racing ramp, though. We'll sponsor anyone. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, Carlos on four. Carlos, you want to talk about DV last night? Yeah, dude, what, what's the deal with him, man? Um, <laughs> He's very aggressive. Yeah, He's very aggressive. <laughs> he, he had a really good point. I mean, his point was valid. Just the way he expressed himself, man, just so aggressive and yes. asshole-ish, really. I mean, I, th- I think that conversation could have gone a whole different direction. Listen, a good I, argument. I had to text Rutledge and be like, "Hey, dude, I didn't set you up. I didn't know my co-host was going to just jump at you like this. I, I you know, like I didn't know that was going to go that way. Yeah, you know what Here's I mean. The thing, dude, this guy Rutledge would he's, I mean, he's overqualified for the sport. He's got fans just shitting on him, and then he calls a pulp Mexico, and this guy's over here trying <laughs> to shit on him. And I know, I mean, dude. Yeah, I know. Dude, this guy's he's smart. You know, I mean, he had a response for everything DV was throwing at him. Right. And just, I feel like it could have just gone a whole different way and yeah. a lot more civilized. Well, but, you know? but on DV's defense, that that's he also acted that way with RC a little bit. Um, you right. know, so that's his personality. That's what we're getting with him. He had, go, he had an go, excellent go, point, dude. I mean, his yeah. point was great. I mean, right. but uh, disappointing. <laughs> All right, Carlos. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks. Thank you. I mean, yeah. That you're, when you, it's tough getting dragged in. That it, uh, somebody on Twitter today said uh, I, I had nothing to do with any of this. Right? <laughs> of course, and, and somebody right. was like, "It was like I wish Jason Wygant would be in charge and just let the pros make the call." And I'm like, "Great!" Now, out of context, <laughs> it's going to sound like that's something I said. Like, I never went on a show and said I wish they would leave me in charge and I would only allow pros <laughs> to do it. Like, I didn't. Listen, I didn't say kick uh, Rutledge off the show. You can't buy. That. You can't have a pet tiger and then get mad when the tiger attacks you. Right and be like, what the uh, hell? Why DV. are you why are you attacking me? So I invited DV in. I I knew what I'm getting, and and I can't be like, oh, okay. what the fuck, DV? He's a, DV went DV, DV went okay. DV. 
and, and okay, so your conscience is clear. Yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, okay. uh, anyways, um, all right, we got uh, we got Cody on one. Cody, what's going on? What do you want to talk about? Hey guys, um, well, I was going to ask about Husqvarna, but since Weege is on, yep. I want to ask him about uh, that. The him and him and Barsha going at it. Well, not really going at it, but on Twitter. Oh yeah, Barsha. Yeah, yeah. I was. It was kind of unbecoming of of Barsha. I mean, I I kind of thought he turned a corner, and I I was becoming I, a fan. But that was like I was like, what? Honestly, what, what? Uh, honestly, uh, Cody, I thought he was just having a bad day or a bad night or something. I don't know. It, it seemed odd. But Weege, go ahead and fill people in. Yeah. Yeah, just so people want to know what happened. So, uh, yeah, our guy Mitch Kendra was actually the one working our Twitter that night, and um, I think he was commenting or writing about Barsha's pass, probably on Plessinger. He passed Plessinger and Sexton in the same spot. And he just said, wow, Bam Bam checked up, but that was a really aggressive angle into that corner, which it was. I mean, that's it wasn't really critical, I didn't think. And then, dude, like three hours later, Barsha starts responding to us on Twitter with like two gnarly responses saying he wrote awesome, yeah. he wrote aggressive but clean, and – um, we're fake news, and this. Why do we have to cut them down? With we always we always cut them down. Cut him down. Yeah, yeah. We always cut them down with this BS. Okay, so I wasn't the one that typed it, and I probably wouldn't have typed that myself. But regardless, I feel like I need to stand up for my guys, and I really get upset when people say that we're fake news or we're gossip. Like, because we try so hard to be respectful, so 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 hard to be respectful and unbiased. I spend every minute of the week trying to be respectful and unbiased. So when we get accused of that. My antenna goes up. Yeah, so I went in and I said, like, I don't think that was meant to be negative. Um, we didn't say you made contact. And then I think he was being kind of, like, sarcastic after that, saying, like, oh, well, have a good night, and then some claps yeah. or something. And I'm like, how? So anyway, yeah, long story to just yeah. explain it. I don't You're, know what the deal was. I don't know why he was you so wrote mad back, about that. You wrote back, I don't even know what those emoji means. What is that? Where, where are we at? <laughs> I didn't know what the clapping emoji means. Yeah, but why was he? I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was slightly critical, but I didn't think it was like Barsha didn't ride well. He dirtied people. Like we were not saying. I, that. I don't. I, I, it was an odd response uh, for sure from Justin. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, I mean, he wrote awesome. Like he wrote really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, yep. Cody. I was. I was just gonna say. Yeah. I mean, watching on the TV show, watching those passes, I, you know, for half a second, you're like, oh my god, he's gonna blow him completely off the track, and then yeah, he checks up. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I felt like that tweet was totally accurate as far as it was really aggressive but clean. Right, right. Like I, I don't. It was. It was well, um, Cody, anyway. now you know what we have to deal with in the media sometimes, right? <laughs> like, uh, it's weird. It's bizarre. Like, he said it was aggressive, but he said, "Oh, you know, he checked up," and, and exactly what you saw, exactly what we all saw, yep. and, and you know, yep. just it's weird, man. I don't know. So, but then you yeah. know, but then what happens is, and like, like I, I realize I have a big following in the media, right, and. When I put something out there, I gotta make I got there's some responsibility, some that I've got my stuff right and that you know, because if I say something, some of my fault I'm not and I'm not perfect at this, right? But um my my followers will jump on somebody, you know, or, or whatever, right? I gotta be a little careful on what I do. I, you know, I, I wrote I talked to one time about how I, I don't like Bevo Forte and people wrote letters to Scott USA saying they'll never buy another goggle again. Like I didn't want that. Like I don't want that, right? Um, I don't like Bevo. He can fuck off, but Scott Goggles are fine. Um, I think riders need to, need to realize that too, but they don't. They never do. But they have these huge followings. Kenny Kenny's done it to Racer X also. Kenny's blown out Racer X, and then we have all the followers who know nothing about this and just take the rider side and shit on mm. Racer X. And none of these riders think to themselves, "Wait, can I handle this with a text to Wygant or Mathis or Davey? You know what I mean? I, right. I, they don't think like that. They never do. And it's unfortunate because then we get the brunt, right, Weege, of their fans. 
Yeah, and I, you know what? I'd say, like, hey, that's the job we signed up for. That's fine. Um, we'll take the criticism. But what I'm saying is we work so painstakingly hard to not be disrespectful and not be biased and not be gossipy. I mean, there's so much stuff that we don't do to try to be, honestly, to be nice to these riders. And then one little thing like that, we're fine with that one little thing. But, it, yeah, to his followers, it must be like, oh, these guys must yeah. do this stuff all the time. They must be rabble-rousers. They must be liars. They must be fake news. Right, and I'm like, no, no, no! I swear we're not. I swear we're not. And, this and, is just one thing that he's and, mad about. And you know, Barsha gets the cover two months ago or a month ago on Racer X, and uh, guess what? That helps his image. That helps him do things like so. You know what I mean? Like maybe Justin can think about that and be like, you know, these guys just put me on the cover. You know, we can put any rider on the cover. Davey can put anybody he fucking wants on the cover. It's a huge deal to get a cover of the magazine. And uh, instead, the yeah. rider doesn't think about that, you know? So, I don't know. You know what, though? I don't want to say, like, because we put him on the cover, like, then he can't criticize no. us. That's fine. No. I just feel like in this particular instance, I don't know what we did that was But that's so what I'm bad. saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. we, we yeah. deserve criticism when justified, 100%. Yeah, yeah. If we get it wrong, right. if we get it wrong or anything yep. else, come down on us. No problem. Uh, myself included. But considering yeah. the, the, the cover of Racer X and everything else and this tweet, which was innocent, maybe Justin should have been like, ah, I can handle this privately. You know that's all. That's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at on something like yep. that. Yeah, so, yeah. But if we if we do was, something wrong, call it out. But that there was nothing there. Yep. There was nothing there. It was a, it was a it was an opinion of a tweet that something that didn't happen. Like God. So, anyways, uh, thanks for the call, well, Cody. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jason Wagan. I wish uh, I didn't care so much. I mean, that stuff really spins me out because again, like if I if I have an opinion and I say it, like I'm willing to eat that, no problem. Yes. But to me, when it becomes like weirdo misunderstanding miscommunication thing and you can't chase it down which right. i can't i can't even go up to barsha yeah in person at the rate like normally at least you and i are lucky enough we can go in the truck and say hi i mean how many people even have that opportunity right um but, but that like out of context miscommunication misinterpreted thing it drives me nuts yeah and and, and you know we had that with like alessi right uh, mike mike and daniel alessi just started going oh. you know on twitter like mike got something 100 percent wrong and i think he deleted his tweet but you know, it's like, dude. Yeah, he read someone's response to us and thought it was us yeah. writing in. He went yeah. nuke on us. Right. Just like, great. Now, how do I even straighten this out with yeah, you? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Brandon's yeah. on four. Brandon, what's going on? You going to talk about rookie expectations? Yeah. Well, I mean, it always kind of, like, I never understand when they bring guys, like, you know, say Boland in that they're like, oh, this guy could, you know, be the next great thing or whatever. But then they say, Oh, but we just want him to get his feet wet, you know, maybe 10th, 5th place, somewhere in there so he can just get used to it. But the thing is, like, when you look through, I don't know, like the last 20 years of, like, guys that have made an impact or Supercross champions, they all, like, won races, like, in their first uh, season, like, as in their first Supercross season, you know, whether wow. it's R.C. Stewart, yeah, but you're just like Dungey. Sure, but you're taking the all-timers. You're taking the top five riders of all time that you just mentioned. You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, but I mean, if the, I, I get what you're saying, but if they're going to come in and say, like, that, you know, they're going to be this guy, we need this, it's like, well, if you, you want them to be this good – all these guys made an impact their first time. Like from okay, like who, the only exception I think would be Anderson, who took a long time to get going and he won a Supercross title. And Webb, I think he, his first race win was. His, but his, his hold on, hold on a second. You're, you're you're talking about Voland here. Like no one, and we you can correct me if I'm wrong, but no one has set, put said Max Voland could be a Supercross 
you know, four for the champion. Like, he's good. And who knows where it'll go. I think but, the problem, uh, here's the problem. Voland, look, here's what I think happened. KTM moved the team to Gas Gas, and they were like, well, we got to have somebody race the 250. I, I think they literally grabbed them a year or two early. And they're like, because of that, we are not going to expect you to win. Sorry, we just need this to work right now. Uh, but I do think on the outside, they're like, well, if he's the lone factory KTM 250 guy, Roger DeCoster must have decided he's the greatest thing ever. And I don't think it was yeah, quite what they were saying. I don't saying. think anybody's saying that when it comes to Max Volan or, or these other guys. Yeah. You know? so, uh, it looks that way because he's on that team. Right. But I don't think that's what they meant. But I see your point. There isn't a lot of history of, like, the first year you get a bunch of tenths. The second year you get a bunch of sixths. Then you just win every race for the rest of your career. Like, it doesn't usually work that way. Yeah, yeah. And, and any, yeah, you know, any big amateur. That's what I'm trying to say. Right, right. Yeah, no, that I get it. The but, guys that are going to, like, you know, be names of the sport, they don't have a couple seasons where they're just like right. a normal guy, but, and then all of a sudden they break out. So but I'm that tells like, you, that, no, you know, that tells really. you that tells you where Max Follin is. He's not going to be that. Well, maybe he will, but you know what I mean. Like nobody's sitting yeah. there going, "Oh, he can be one of those guys." He may turn out that way, but yeah. but so hey, yep. he's not going to be that guy. You know, let's just you know let him go. You know, he's not he's not elite. Yeah. He's not he's not Bam Bam. He's not Stu. He's not you know Alessi or any of these other guys. So. Uh, yeah. yep. okay. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. 702 Don't forget, I, I think a lot of people were saying, I'll go. Get your number out there. 702-586-7857. Uh, give us a call. All right, go ahead. I feel like a lot of people have decided, um, they're like, it's not as easy for these rookies to win like they used to. Um, you're not going to see that anymore, like Kennard and Dungey winning their first race. Freaking Seth Hamaker just blew that dynamic up. Yeah, like, he did. I, I don't know if you want to say, like, ah, other guys crashed out or whatever. I mean, either way, uh, he's ridden really well. So he has, I think, mm, nah, you don't have to necessarily take three years. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Do you think Hamaker, and we've talked about his injuries and, you know, talked about how he's uh, kind of been under the radar a little bit. I mean, can he be a dunge? Can this be something uh, special? Here's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I didn't, I mean, he was very good as an amateur, but I, I feel like I saw him say, like, with Mark Banks when Kawasaki had both. I'm like, nah, March Banks is ahead. However, there is one X factor that we just conveniently never think about. Supercross, dude. Like, everything you're ranking these guys on of how good they are and how they compare to each other was on a motocross track. And I guess we always have to account for the fact that eh, maybe one guy's going to be more naturally gifted at Supercross, um, and he takes a 10% jump compared to his competition uh, because of that. And maybe that's what has happened here. Because, right. dude, he's been good. And fast, literally, what, every practice, every heat, every yeah. main? Yeah, yep. Maybe yep. he's just really good at Supercross. Yeah, I know, absolutely, right? We don't we don't think about that. You're totally right. We don't even have a mini-O Supercross anymore <laughs> to go No, because, I mean, I saw Hamaker, as I mentioned, like in his last year that he actually did race, it was like Mitchell Foss, Derek Drake, and him. And it's like, at best, he's as good as them. Maybe Drake was a little bit ahead, but I don't know. Right, yeah. Maybe <laughs> It's somewhat of a different sport. Yeah. Racing Supercross now. Yep. Uh, we want before we let you go here. Daniel Blair is coming up next. Some guy named Daniel Blair. I don't know. Are you familiar with oh, him? Jeez, I, I don't even know. No. Be. Right. Why you keep hitting the button for? Why you? Keep... I don't know. I got a new phone case and it's driving me nuts. Oh God. Okay. You, yeah. you bought a new phone case. Uh. Okay. I wouldn't say that. Okay. All right. Uh. Um. Hey. Uh. One guy that I want to talk to you about a little bit was. Quietly, uh, Jason Anderson has passed about uh, 15, 20 dudes in the last two races uh, and put in really good results, uh, you know, but 
we maybe I've looked over him. Like his his Houston one was just just terrible, and then he broke his finger and he missed a, a race, and you know kind of took his time to get going. But dude, he's been one of the only guys to really be moving through the pack the last couple of races. He's been impressive. Yeah, uh, he never really does interviews. He doesn't tell people about anything except that he's having a good time. But obvious to me that there was something wrong at the beginning of the season because now it's it seems like this remarkable turnaround, and it really has been since he came back from that finger injury yep. at Indy, he's actually been really good. And now I've realized I'm like, wait, it's not a remarkable turnaround. He's just riding as good as he usually does, and the first week of the season something was wrong. Had to be. Right. Right, yeah. yeah, we'll never know or whatever, but yeah, something was going no, on. But he was bike or he was hurt coming in or he missed prime and he needed two more weeks to, to really get in shape or what, but now he's just about normal Jason Anderson level again and there was something wrong in the first month. That's what I figured. I watched him carefully at Dallas too and he was working his way up, doing really well, caught up to Ferrandis, who was working his way up also from a little bit of a back. Yeah. And then he he got gapped by Ferrandis. I don't know if a lapper did it or if he just made mistakes or whatever. But he lost for he was all he was on Ferrandis. And then I well I was watching that because I was looking to see if there's gonna be any fireworks from the last race. And um, he lost Ferrandis. He I, I'm, four seconds he was back now. And dude, by the end of the race, he had made up that four seconds and gone way in front of Ferrandis. Like he this fitness got got him you know what i mean um it was a really really impressive ride and and so yeah, you even see on tv he made the pass in ferrandis and i was waiting for the same thing and i'm like nah ferrandis doesn't have anything for him so there's not gonna be any revenge yeah. tonight yeah um yeah him and barsha what they've been able to do when they don't get starts lately has been pretty exciting yep absolutely it's been it's been really good uh let's go to caleb on one caleb what's going on what's your question yeah, hi. So with Kyle Peters getting a podium this weekend, it got me kind of thinking, what's the discrepancy in pay between a privateer getting a podium, total payout, versus someone like Hunter Lawrence getting a podium? Um, that's a good question. Well, we don't really know if Phoenix Honda has a, an insurance policy or a program for a podium for KP. I mean, w- would you think so, Weege? Uh, man, that is an amazing question. I'm just going to take a guess, and I'm going to say that they probably do. Um, because I would think to them that's something they believe they could possibly achieve, and right. it would be such a huge deal for them right. that I would think they would prepare for it and be like, if you can make the podium, that would be huge for us, and here's thirty grand or right, something. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, I think for a, for a factory rider, that would be about a $30,000 payout, um, okay. Caleb. So for a podium... Mm-hmm. It probably it's 50k to win for those guys, uh, for the 250 guys. So um, you know, I would think that Phoenix has a bonus program, like we said. Um, okay. Some of the teams do double contingency, so you know Honda Honda would pay. I don't know. I don't see I have a Honda contingency in front of me, but Honda might pay five grand for that, and then the team would double okay. it, so ten grand. Okay. You know stuff like that. He'll have he'll have uh, sponsored deals through his uh, his personal stuff too. But I mean, it's still you know factory guys are going to make more for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, right. it was just something I was thinking about. You know, it's awesome to have a privateer on the podium, but, you know, with everything, yeah. nothing's transparent. And so, just curious. Right, Thank no, you. absolutely. Caleb, do you uh, do you want the fly racing loading ramp? Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, stay on hold. Uh, you'll load your bike with ease. Same ramp that Jason Wagant uses and endorses. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right, stay on hold. We'll get your information. Right. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. Hey, if you want to know about KP's bonus, you know who to ask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't yep. know. Phil's super weird about money. 
Oh, is he? Yeah, he's super weird when he wants to talk about money. Like he just he won't talk about it. I don't I don't know. He feel feels like it's. Oh, okay. But is, is do you think Saturday night was Phil's maybe greatest non racing moment of his life? I mean, look, KP and Phil lived together for a long time. I think they're both chicked up, so they no longer actually live in the same um, right. Right. apartment. Right. And uh, and uh, oh, and then Coop who obviously still here's the difference. I was talking about this with the rest of our staff, Mitch and uh, Kellen the other day. And they're like, well, what if the Martin brothers had won? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Troll and Phil go to another level. That's more Mathis JT. We're like, no matter what, you know, they love each other deep down, but he is not expressing. Yeah, no, no, no love for troll as he would for KP. He would not give him that. And you would not give JT that. Nope. Yep. No, he you're right. Not. No, but yep. and he doesn't even like Germa. Like he's like whatever. He, yeah, I mean, he's, straight he's, up. He's happy with Jimmer doing well, but they're not really friends anymore. No. So yes, but don't you feel like KP gets third and Phil says hell yeah, and Troll gets third, and he we would not give him that. No, hundred percent. No, you, you you nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. No, there'll be no there'll be a totally different reaction to both of those things for sure. It'd be like oh, I still suck. He, he should have got first. You know what I mean? Like yeah, for sure. He, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, all right, Jason Wygant, Thank you for the time. We got the real TV guy coming on. He, you know, he's from uh, he's from NBC. Like he's the real guy. So, uh, right, Daniel? Don't say that. Okay, all right, wow. Look, I thought Daniel Daniel's was... walking right into the Rutledge storm because that's going to be half of the calls. That's what I had to deal with here. <laughs> God, dude, please don't. I, I haven't even I haven't heard it yet, Steve. I did hear it was entertaining, but uh, I just... <laughs> if that's what you're getting me on to talk it's about... Not, you, it's not, it's yeah. not. It's it better not. be other stuff. No, man. it'll be other stuff. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right, we... I don't think it was supposed to be, but this is what the callers are asking about. Look, don't you're putting Daniel on a very tough situation here. Where we we know much broader picture of why people do things on television than, than oh most the two people. the two TV experts are on the line Heck oh, yeah yeah, Heck yeah. Hey. Hey, Steve, why don't you just take a walk? Me and Weege can uh, we can take it from here. We'll let you all know how this goes. Okay, yes, right, that's yeah. good. TV experts, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's like when it's like when Daniel says only he and JT can actually yes. talk about racing. Yes, yeah, absolutely right. It, it seems like all <laughs> I can right. do is get a mechanic on the line. That's all I got. That's all I can do. Right? No, no, see, see, Steve. When I'm with JT, we talk moto. When I am with Weege, we talk TV. When I'm with you, we talk about infant chiz. Talk about what? In- Infant oh, infant chiz, infant yeah, chiz. yeah. That's what we that's what we talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's he's good, man. He's solid. Like riding up into into qualifying, like he was like sixth or seventh in that LCQ, and and infant chiz is just solid. He just rode right up in there. See, so see, chiz doesn't need Gallagher. Infant chiz needs Gallagher to get in. Mm. He's a little help, but he gets in. Right, there, right, right, right. There. Yeah, we our newest theory is that Cade. First of all. Alex and Chiz, if they combine, they'd be like a perfect privateer. That was one theory we had. Because Chiz needs yeah. more send. Yeah. A-Ray needs more Chiz. More solidity. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, yep. and, and then Daniel blew out this thing with Cade. Is Cade maybe an infant Chiz? He's not. Cade. Cade. He even tweeted it. Yeah, he did. He did. down. Yeah. You know, yes. I'm, I'm with you on it. Um, I do feel like uh, I, I saw a tweet from you, I think, saying Cade's muffler was going to fall off. Yes. I heard. Yep. Yeah, his muffler was flying out everywhere in, in qualifying. Okay, well, I truly felt last season and the beginning of this year that A-Ray had figured out the formula to pretty much always make the main. He'd even get eighth place start, he'd get in. If he got a good start, he'd get in. Sometimes he'd even sneak in the heat. I'm like, A-Ray's got the formula. But now I realize what has happened. There's been a transfer of power. Yep. yep. He's got the muffler, he's got the mains. He has taken his buddy A-Ray's powers. Good point. Good point, yeah. And the muffler is, is, is proof of that also. Um 
Now, oh, yeah. Kay told A-Ray that he deserved that because Daytona last year is when A-Ray <laughs> teamed up Cade. And we were saying on the show, like, isn't there sort of a, you know, sort of a moratorium on, like, one year? Like, at the, ca- <laughs> the flip of a calendar year, you're no longer. But I don't know, Daniel, what do you think? You were involved in racing. You were a racer, of course. What do you, what do you think? I feel like if there's, like, some revenge, it's got, I, there's got to be, like, a 7 to maybe 14-day window. I, 365 days to get someone back and then let them know. Like, right, that's right, God. right. Way to, way to hold it in and let it just, yeah. just build forever, Cade. Jeez. Yeah, that was Cade's comeback. It was, hey, man, I owed you for Daytona last year. So Okay. A whole, a whole when coronavirus wasn't even a thing, I owed, I owed you it. Um, all right, Weege, thanks for your time, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll right. see you this weekend. Yep. We won't see yep. you. Nope. Yep. Uh, that's Jason Wygant. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by Pro Taper. Get Maxis and FMF Vision all on board with us. Please check those guys out at your favorite uh, e-tailer or local dealer, whether it's the Pro Taper sprockets and bars, the Get Ignitions, the Maxis tires, the FMF Vision goggles, or the complete line of Fly Racing. Uh, they've got you all covered, so I uh, really pr- appreciate that. All right, Daniel. Look, we talked a lot of 450s with Weed, so let's talk some 250s right now. Um, that is a nutty series. If you had told me that uh, McAdoo would be points leader, I'd be okay with that. Uh, Cooper, of course, is the favorite. Um, all of this stuff. And then we got Hunter Lawrence with the red plate now. And i got to be honest, we had Hunter on the show uh, last night, and I didn't tell him this on the show, but I, 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 the week before Orlando 2, I was at their compound. He didn't look very good. I'm like, he doesn't look like, I don't know how this is going to go. He's a factory Honda rider. And dude, the guy's just been getting better and better and better. Yeah, he looks really, really good. Um, Let's throw some numbers at it, too. In the first Arlington, he gets second in the main. He had the fastest lap time in the main event. And Tuesday night, he wins the main. He had the fastest lap time in the main event, too, by four tenths of a second. So as much as we're all surprised because coming in, like, we had reason to be, right? Like, he he didn't look great in Salt Lake. You know, you even said you'd seen him before the season started. You just – you're thinking, okay, Jet's the Supercross guy, Hunter's the outdoor guy, and Hunter will figure it out in a year or two. Right. Okay, so we're four in. He's a points leader. He's now 1-1, and he's been the fastest in the main event the last two races in a row. Like, this is all kind of happening fast. And I don't know. I don't know if I trust anyone in this. Cl- I don't think you do either. You don't trust anybody in this class. No, right? I don't no, trust I, anybody. I, I don't. The only guy I trust is Justin Cooper, and I, and he's crashed. He's gotten bad starts. Like I don't know what is going on right now in that in that class with him. Exactly. Okay. And I, and if you look at his resume, I would trust him the most too. And he was like the most consistent podium guy right out of the gate. His rookie year, good starts. You know, just out of trouble. Then he's winning. So, so I'm thinking of the resumes. He should be dominating this year. He should have won all four, and this should be the biggest coast job ever. But he hasn't been on the podium since the opening round because of starts and goofy yeah. stuff in the sand, and then this, and then that. And yeah, I just I I, I don't trust uh, I don't trust anybody anymore because it's just it's it's too loose. It's too loose, right. and that's why it's good. I, I my my ask is for the two video guys don't get it together. Right. Don't get it together. You are entertaining us. Uh, the 450 class, Cooper, is he's gotten too good. He's ruining all this in the 450. 250 guys, keep it loose. Let's right. go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Is, is there – I think Styles is going to try to ride this weekend, uh, so he should be okay. 
Is there another first-time winner in here? Do you see another one? I can't. I, I right now I don't. But okay. Did you did you see Hamaker winning? I no, didn't. no, I did didn't. You see Hunter winning? No, I didn't. No, no, no. Not really. No. No. So I didn't. right now I'd say no, dude. Freaking who knows? Kyle Peters just gives Star the goods and puts his bike on top of the. <laughs> I don't know, man. Right. Who knows? Dude. Maybe March Banks. Maybe March Banks puts, you know, gives it to PC and puts his bike on the. Yeah, but Who I'm. Knows, man? I, I yeah, I guess I was talking first time winner, like as far as a first win ever. But Marchbanks does have that oh, one. Oh, ever. But but oh, but, ever. but um. Hey, uh, Thrasher was better. Uh, Thrasher was better. He's been coming around. I've actually because of you, I have been watching him and Fry closer, just because I was not paying attention all the way. You know, I was just watching them with a general eye, but now I've been watching them, and Thrasher is starting to look. Like he's more comfortable, so he's like attacking more. He's more aggressive. He's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It looks like it's coming around in the comfort area, and then usually what follows is some aggression. So, yeah, he does look a lot better, and maybe he is the next surprise, like Swole or Styles or one of these youngsters to get up there, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, he's got it too. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. He, he's coming around big time. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely doing better. Fry had a bike issue in the heat, so he didn't qualify, and then bad start in the LCQ, and that was all she wrote for that. Um, but the class is, yeah, it's ap- maybe Swole. Maybe Jalik Swole. You know, he got kind of tired at, um, uh, it was Dallas 1 or Orlando 2, one of those ones. I thought his fitness didn't look great. But this weekend he held strong and uh, kept it up the whole time. So maybe Jalik Swole will be the next first-time winner. So, um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to to watch. Mitchell Harrison led five laps too. Mitchell Harrison, everybody, led five laps. I mean, come on. So it's Yeah, cool. he looked good too. And, and, and I'm with you on Swole. Because he always finds a way up there. He's uh, he's in the top three almost every start he's on, and you know how it is, Steve. When you're when you're up there all the time, things just kind of start working out a little better. I mean, you get a little gift here, a little gift there. Next thing you know, you don't you don't get a gift, and you just get it done. So um, that was a great ride from him. And yeah, he wasn't that far off a of hunter either. I, I mean, he, he never hunter didn't check on everybody. You know, no. he went back there a couple seconds. So. Swole was four or five seconds or something away from winning that one. So, yeah, I, maybe he's the one because he gets up there all the time. Hey, where did you stand on McAdoo's penalty? So one for one for cut, you know cutting the track and then two spots that they said would have got him had he entered back into the whoops. Where did you stand with that penalty? Uh, I, I, I'll stand like this. Uh, something had to be done. He, he definitely got up and just – went right behind the mechanic. I mean, he did what he did. So I, I knew right then something's going to happen. And I can't really say if I agree or disagree with the penalty because I don't really know how they justify one, two, or three. So I I, I don't really know all the way. I mean, he did, you know, I, I don't know. That's on them to figure out what the penalty is, but something should have happened. Um, Anderson's too. I mean, <laughs> right. he, he ripped the whoops. Yeah, uh, yeah he really no, did. It, 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 something – Something needed to happen, and I, I, I don't know where they come to the conclusion. I guess in the rule book it's got some, you know, one for this, one for that. So, right. yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm cool with it because something had to happen, and it doesn't really impact things more than a couple yeah. points, which sucks, but it had something had to be done a little there, you know? You know what, and I've said this before, so this is nothing new, but whether it's Anderson and the whoops or Cam picking his bike up and just deciding to go, you know, cut an, a, a, a straight line back to the corner – Forkner, Savachi, uh, A no, not AC. I thought AC's all stuff was pretty good, but um, I don't get where these guys are thinking. I, I've been, I've raced, I've crashed, I've been out of it. I've been, my heart rate's been six hundred, and picked up my bike, and 
I don't get where these guys are like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Uh, you know, Anderson Anderson got hung up there with the two Moto Concepts guys and just could have went left around the outside of them, just hung a right and blitzed. To, like, I don't get what's going on. And again, you've raced. So it's bizarre to me that these guys are like, yeah, yeah, this should be good. Well, I'll, I'll relate it this way. My son is little on an 85. Uh, he falls a lot. And he, at least a year ago, liked to stand next to his bike and wait for me to get there to pick it up and start it. <laughs> okay. And we had to actually, at home, we had to work on, hey, lay the bike down, pick it up, and start it. You know, you, you don't want to have to practice those things, but you got to right. practice just in case. Maybe these teams need to start, like, I don't know, just pushing their guys off the track and saying, hey, what do you do now? Get back on where you got off. Just yeah. In case this happens, because you're right, they just don't even acknowledge that they like cut the track, no, it's... and it's maybe because they don't practice it. So if I'm know. Mitch, because it seems to be Mitch's guys, Mitch's needs to put them all together. All right, guys, uh, Supercross 101. This is uh, you know in the in the rule book 3.6. If you go off the damn track, get back on the damn track in the same spot. Maybe they just need to practice it. Yeah, they seem to not have a clue about getting back on the track where they went off because they just do it. I, I'm with you. I don't know what they're yeah. doing. They just go for it. Uh, yeah, I don't know where they're just like I, – like, I don't know where Anderson is like, yeah, this should be fine. This should be fine. Uh, or or well, maybe Cameron. Maybe he's thinking or, because he's – maybe he's thinking because he's not in the top three, like they won't catch it. Like for McAdoo, uh, bro, there's no excuse. You got yeah. the red plate, homie. We're, we're yeah. watching you. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. second. Anderson might be like, oh, I'm an eight. They're not watching. Watch this. And uh, we got him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, all, right, all right, let's take some phone calls here. Daniel Blair on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Uh, Dustin's on four. What's up, Dustin? Hey, yeah, I have a question for both of you. <clears throat> you know, as far as, like, um, supporting and promoting privateers, Steve, I know you're big on that, and Daniel with the TV side. I liked how you got AJ Cadenzaro on uh, Race Day Live. Um, he's obviously – probably more well-known for his YouTube channel. Um, do you think there's any chance that, like, on regular TV, um, NBC would think about promoting or giving some more visibility to these writers who have, like, Instagram following and YouTube following? I just feel like that would be good for the sport as a whole. I think they're trying – I think they're better at it than they were five years ago, Dustin. I think all the Supercross people, uh, Doug Cabrera, the TV guy, and uh, the Race Day Live people – I do feel like they've done a better job of, of talking about, you know, because every, everybody makes a sport go around, right? Um, and and mm -hmm. I, so I do feel like it's better than it ever been, has been. What do you think, Daniel? It, it is. And I, I just got off my TV, TV production call, and, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, the different storylines and things that we're going to cover. And, um, you know, it was brief moment. Kevin Morans gets brought up because Morans pushed his bike across the finish line. He's a privateer. KTM sends him an engine. I don't know if you guys saw on his Instagram. They're, they're sending him an engine, a stock one, just to keep him going. So um, there's a lot of privateers out there. Obviously, when they're on screen, I always try to recognize. I did during the broadcast about Harrison and March Banks and Club MX's team and their mechanics. Like I try to bring that to light the best I can, and it is a juggle because in one sense we want to like showcase these guys. At the same time, we do got to focus on. The, the the race and the championship and the, and the real players. So it, it's a hard balance yep. on race day live, obviously getting to do practice with the B and the C groups. We definitely do that. That's where Dan Hubbard is. I would say at his best, he is like hammering these privateers, getting their stories and in, in Instagram, making sure he gets their support and all that on race day live. So we have a lot more freedom there because it's long form, 
But yeah, we're, I mean, we're trying. And, and again, you, you can't just be a privateer to get love. You, you got to be, in my opinion, special, either yeah. with your personality or your results, or in my opinion, Kevin Moran's your, your character. I mean, the dude waited for five minutes for everyone to get done, then pushed his bike across just to say he finished. Like that's, to me, that's high-level character. You do something like that, we're going to catch it, and we're going to talk about it and give you what to do, which is respect. So I'm with you. It is getting better, and we're trying to find ways to do it, but we're not going to do it just because. Oh, you're a privateer? Cool. Right. you gotta, you got to be seven deuce deuce. you got to have a personality. you got to do something high character, You or you got to be putting the bike on the box. Yeah. You do that, and we'll, we'll go above and beyond to recognize that you have it more difficult than others, and you're doing it. So, right. yeah, it's a good question, though. Uh, thanks, Dustin. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Yeah, All thanks, right. guys. Uh, Reese, you got a question about DV? Uh, yeah, I'll try to tie it into um, DV on Monday night a little bit. But um, So motocross and supercross is really the only motorsport that I've watched, but I kind of stumbled on that Formula One drive to survive on that. Place. Yeah, it's great, right? And it just, yeah, yeah it, just, it just seems like those, those drivers and the, even like the team managers or whatever are just ruthless. <laughs> towards each other um do you think that's like a european thing or uh or, some of it yeah absolutely know. some of it is because i've seen the european motocross teams and how they work behind the scenes and it is yeah it, it, it is a little bit of that culture for sure um whether it's okay. like and hey then, you're not performing you got to perform you know sure and then a second question real quick yeah the point structure like for them it's 11 on back you don't get any points do you think that would be something in no, Supercross, that would be kind of cool. Just no, I like I like I like giving all the guys points. I'd give them more points. Sure, you know it helps with okay. sponsors and stuff like that. I, I would not give the two fifty Supercross guys any points though. I would not. Okay, but I would give okay. points back. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Yep. Thanks. Thank guys. you, uh, Daniel. Before we wrap up here, how good was Jeremy McGrath on Race Day Live? How good was he? Oh, he let it fly. I I loved it. It was. You know, I don't, I don't know Jeremy very, very well. So, like, when I see him, it's always like a hello. It's very cordial. It's, he's super respectful. He's, he always tells me, you know, yeah, good to see you. You're doing a good job. I, but I've never really been able to, like, talk to him in long form like that. And when he got on, I, I asked our, our producer, Eric, I was like, how long do we have him for? And he said, I, I think we can go as long as we want. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep going until I can <laughs> tell he maybe – I thought maybe, like, you know, he gets on there for a bit. Maybe he starts losing interest. Dude, I thought he he revved up. Like yeah. as it went along, he got more open and more open on a number of different things. But man, when we got to Ken Robson, just I was just yeah, I was just like Jeremy, keep going, keep right. going. Not not because he, you know, I, I just wanted to hear him like, be kind of aggressive about it. But you yeah. know, Jeremy has the ability to take the filter off. He has nothing. He is there's nothing for him to worry about. He, he's he's Jeremy. He's not there working. You know, so for him to just come in and let it fly like that, I was blown away. And I, I mean, I loved it. It was, it was, it was, it was blunt. It was harsh, and it was true. It was like, uh, I mean, the king spoke. So I, I thought he was awesome. I, I loved every minute of it. And uh, dude, I got him for a good thirty something minutes. Yeah, he was great. And, was and, awesome. and how many shots at Tomac starts did he kind of sub- subtly take too? <laughs> right? He was kind of like, I don't know why these guys are lining up there. You know, they're not good starters, but yeah, they keep lining up on the inside, and you know what I mean. So hint, yeah. hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, no, I th- I think there's a little bit of like, uh, I think Jeremy at one point is kind of like, hey, I'll help you out, and I think it was kind of like rebuffed, you know, a little bit, like ah, we don't we don't really need your help, and then so maybe he's a little bit okay, all right, well, watch your starts. Yeah, you know what I mean, so and and I think and again. 
Jeremy was never he, he was really balanced because he never was disrespectful. No, but he was honest, and he he to me it sounded like someone who was pushing someone because he wanted to see them do something better. It wasn't like yeah this blah 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 like it's like a cheap shot. It was like come on man like let's go like yeah. let's yep. do something about it. Come yeah. on like yeah yeah I, to me I mean if if I'm Kenny and I watch that back I'm like motivated. Not, yeah, now he shook by it. He was great. You guys were. Like, I usually, I'll be honest, I don't really pay attention to what you and Dan are saying. Like, I kind of hear it in the press box or whatever, right? Because uh, the audio is always piped in. But I'm working, I'm watching practice, I'm, I'm tweeting. It was it was must-listen to. I'm like, I, I can't, I got to listen yeah. to this. It was great TV. And if somebody wants to go back and listen. Now, obviously, like, I'm biased. I love MC. I think he's great. I, I've, I think he's a great person. I think he's a great champion. And, I, I you know, I'm pretty biased. But, um... I thought it was terrific. Uh, your questions were great. His answers were great. And they all came from, like you said, a respectful place. It wasn't like, hey, I'm Jeremy McGrath and you're not. It was just all stuff that he thought, you know. So he let it loose. Yeah. It was great. It was, it was good. And we've had a lot of fun over the last few shows. You know, we had Brayton on a couple times. We had AC on. Yep. Uh, the caller just said we had AJ Catanzaro. He, he's very well-spoken and just very good communicator. Um, so we've had this little run lately where we just get these guests on that are just bringing it. Right. So I, it's been it's been fun for me too. And then I'm always telling Dan Hubbard, like I'm like, dude, you know, get in on this conversation. And he's like, no way, I'm learning. I'm just learning. Right. You guys just do it. I'm learning. Right. And he's overtaking notes because obviously you know how hard he's working right now to just you know get up to speed on the things that he doesn't know yet. And yep. He's like, he can't believe like what we've gotten content wise the last three or four races from these guys. They're just crushing it. So cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's 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 definitely been a fun addition. Uh, great, man. Well, hey, thanks for the time on the show. Appreciate it, Daniel, and uh, have fun at Dallas. Three. Yeah, bro. Sounds right. good, and um, I'll hopefully be seeing you soon. All right. Sounds good. See ya. Uh, that's Daniel Blair, everybody. He's the pit reporter for NBC uh, Sports for the Supercross. Tits? Yeah, man. What, what are you doing? Sorry, I thought I hit the unmute button, and it didn't actually unmute, and I was checking that. My apologies. So now I lost the throw and everything and all the, you know. What? Very poor job today, Tits. Very poor job. You know what? I'll try harder next time. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you in a couple weeks.